Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and this is the culmination of what? Seven years? No, six years of Nintendo's hard work because finally we've all got our hands on Tears of the Kingdom and oh man, what a game, what a game. Joining me to talk about obviously this monumental occasion is Matt Jones. Genuinely painful that we have to record this instead of dedicating more time to playing it. It's rare that I feel like that, but wow, uh, it is what it is. Well, this is—I've—I've I've not been very prepared for this podcast because I was literally playing the game right up until the last second. It was plugged in. Uh, We're getting and a speaking lot of, of people uh, who do things sorry, at the last minute—it's—it's <laughs> it's just Gomez. What do you mean? I'm always on time and exactly <laughs> expected where I need to be. Maybe I mean underprepared then. Oh, that's not even better. That sounds worse. Have I just walked into your performance review? Yeah, I'm getting absolutely decimated. <laughs> it's just cheap. It's just cheap gags. That's all. <laughs> Great. So sorry, Matt. You were going to say something. Yeah, we're getting a lot of messages on uh, the IGN Instagram about how much we're posting about Tears of the Kingdom because we're doing you know several posts every day. It's like, sorry, it's a really good game. Sorry, yeah, it's, it's sorry, all, Nintendo released. It's almost a good one. like it's the most important game that's been yeah. released at the moment. Yeah. Well, if we weren't talking about Tears of the Kingdom, what would we t- be talking about? Crisps. Well, probably. Fast yeah. 10, as it turns out, because, <laughs> yeah. Matt, you're going to talk about that later in the podcast. And we've got a little bit of feedback, but most of it is going to be about Tears of the Kingdom. And uh, what are your initial thoughts? Who wants to go first? Jesse, what are your initial thoughts of the game? I'm... I, it's weird. I, I really, really enjoy... Well, how far in are you so I'm, far? Oh god! I mean, I've put in a lot of hours. I have put in a lot of hours. I've completed a couple dungeons, but I wouldn't say I'm. That's the thing. You're as close to finishing Tears of the Kingdom as you really want to be at any given point, because you can always just go and mm. for the final boss if you want to. But I, I feel like I've put in. I don't know. It must be over twenty hours now at this point. Okay, I think it's it's a decent chunk, and I've seen a lot, and. <laughs> Comparing it to Breath of the Wild, I feel like this is what I wanted (laughs) Breath of the Wild to be back in 2017. It's it's, it's sort of amazing how they can have the same map near enough as Breath of the Wild, slightly remixed, and it feels like I'm just playing Breath of the Wild again for the first time, which was an amazing feeling back in 2017. So I'm really enjoying it. And it necessarily changes the way that you navigate around the world as well. Like, feeling as if it's very similar, but also... You know, I'm getting by by making cars and rolling down hills and stuff like that. Is yeah, just the tone that like you know the verbs that you're using to navigate the space is completely mm. different. Uh, so, how I'm, far are you into it, Matt? Just about. I've got a couple sections of the map left to unlock. Uh, I've done a lot of shrines. I did the Wind Temple about like last night, um, which I thought was really good. Is that but I've just your been first temple around. or yeah. second temple? First temple, yeah. But yeah, I've just okay. I'm I, I'm really enjoying the um, reporter missions, which are some of the first ones you get. Mm. Uh, there was yeah. one that I thought was really funny, where you're just being like uh, like dotted around by somebody. You basically just have to follow her, but you like it's she's leading you on a really complicated route. <laughs> uh, and I just like was being really frustrated by it, and then the end of it is quite satisfying. It really made me laugh. Um, yeah, have any of you done any of the uh, the like Yiga clan stuff in the in the depths yet? I've I've oh, followed no. that entire quest line through because that's mm-hmm. um that's how you get the uh, auto build ability yeah. right from that- the start. But you can sort of follow this entire quest line through, and you're essentially dealing with like this dorky clan leader who's always trying mm-hmm. to best Link by just creating like ridiculous creations to try and battle against you, and this always ends up failing. It felt like a sort of like a Saturday morning cartoon like kind Rocket. of quest yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> but yeah a- no i just i think that sort of stuff is just really fun mm. like it's just got a really silly tone that i uh i don't really feel like was in breath of the world i don't think it was as funny as this mm. 
I don't think I've uh, seen a lot of people talking about that, just that it is just a very silly game. So I think I'm probably about the same as you, Jesse, about 20 hours in, maybe. I've yeah. done two temples. So I did, I, I don't know if you've done them in the same order, but wind first, followed by water. Yeah, I did pretty much. That's, yeah, exactly okay. the same. And I thought, well, I thought um, the the way you get to the wind temple was brilliant. Like the, the, the connection between the ground and the sky, just in general, actually, because I wasn't sure about it at first. But I think the way you, you quickly figure out how to navigate between the two, and it's actually not that hard. Um, and um, I thought the wind temple was good. I thought the boss was amazing. Really enjoyed the boss. Uh, have you beaten the boss, Matt? Mm-hmm. No, I can't yeah. Remember. Anybody listening at home, bring some bring some key swings with you to fuse to your arrows, make it a lot easier. Some hot tips there. So, what's mm-hmm. a key swing? You mentioned this, and I, I don't actually know what that it's is. It's the uh, the eyeballs, the flying eyeballs. Uh, so, a key swing. Oh. If you fuse it to an arrow, it'll just fly completely straight instead of having a dropped off curve. Mm. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I, I think it's probably important to bring up though, like what is actually new in Tears of the Kingdom because I'm, I'm still seeing a lot of comments online where people being like it just sort of looks like a DLC to me it's the same map and stuff but there's there's I'll a be. there's a lot more happening in Tears yeah. of the Kingdom compared to Breath of the Wild even just looking at the abilities because I'm I think the initial sort of abilities you could get in Breath of the Wild what do they consist of you could get a bomb you could like freeze, freeze objects stuff. and hit ice. them mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I still sort of like fairly Stasis. Yeah, like stasis, it's like fairly standard stuff, but those have been sort of um, replaced in Tears of the Kingdom with four or five abilities. Uh, fuse, which allows you to, as the name implies, sort of like grab any object and fuse them together. So if you had a minecart in front of you and a shield you really like, you can combine the two and then effect- effectively like make a skateboard or you can get, you know, a couple of like wooden planks together and then a little mast and make a little sailboat so that's what that allows you to do ultra hand is essentially like picking those items up as well um well ultra hand is the one that fuses objects together fuses the thing that fuses yes. stuff weapons weaponry. together yeah, that's but there, there's crossover yeah yes. yeah exactly and you have all these new abilities and there's so many different ways you can combine them at first it's kind of overwhelming at times um, but you're completely free to just experiment and try stuff out. And I especially love that it rewards, like, if you don't do something correctly, it almost always ends up being funny. Yeah, like, yeah. If you, if you build something that is, like, too top-heavy and you spend mm. ages doing it and it'll just, like, topple over, it is, and it, you know, will fall off, like, down in, down <laughs> yeah. if you're on a sky island and you lose all of your progress. That's the thing, like, it's that's, funny. That's happened to me so many times. And, again, seeing a lot of people, even just a couple of my mates who enjoyed Breath of the Wild, but... They're looking at Tears of the Kingdom and, again, feeling kind of overwhelmed almost telling themselves, like, I don't think I'm creative enough to play this. And I think you, know, you don't have to be, like, a genius of the imagination to get, like, any enjoyment out of this a game. genius of the imagination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a pioneer of using thoughts. But <laughs> We should get you business cards. Exactly. <laughs> genius <laughs> of the imagination. But no, like... It, it's, it's this weird thing where like, if you want to get somewhere, you can create like a rocket-powered car or a fly-in mech with lasers. Those are things you can actually do. You can be as elaborate or as messy as you want to in this game. And I think that's what matters in Tears mm. of the Kingdom. You're, you're never forced to whip out like a masterful homemade schematic to solve a problem. You can just be as straightforward as you want or you just can budget mate yeah you can like over engineer as much as you want as well or just create you know get 10 logs together and create a little bridge and go somewhere like you don't have to create like these massive catapults and mechs and flying cars to do everything it's it's not as tough as mm. it seems because everyone on twitter and reddit is creating like the most masterful things and it's not like you're doing that every minute of the game it almost rewards you for no, taking but, the most simple route too. Like oh, if, yeah, if you do anything more complicated, it's just because you thought it would be fun. Yeah. Like do something simple and then just go like, okay, that worked. Mm. It's like just as rewarding sometimes as making something really complicated. So I did find it overwhelming to begin mm. with. Yeah. Like, because I love the purity and the simplicity of Breath of the Wild. Mm. Like I've spent so much time on that game that the systems are ingrained into my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of had to sort of reprogram myself when I started playing this. And I think now that I'm a decent chunk of the way in, it's starting to click. I still try and solve stuff 
like old Breath of the Wild. So like, whereas, I don't know, Matt, you mentioned going around and making cars and stuff like that. I don't do that at all. I find a boulder that's fallen from the sky. I reverse it so I go shooting mm-hmm. up into the sky and then I glide as far as I can. Yeah. And that's how I get around. It's great. I and it totally works. Get it. Yeah. But there, I also love as well that like some of the old ideas are back in there as well. If you wanted to freeze something, you can just use an ice arrow now, right? Like the, that ability yeah. is still technically in the game too. You just have an expanded tool set. Mm. I must admit, I just did a, um, a cave where there were lots of blocked off um, openings with boulders. And it would have taken uh, 25 bombs, whereas I just had a big old rock stuck to a, <laughs> stuck yeah, yeah. To a sword. <laughs> I just went wading through it. Mm. And it was obviously designed for that, because as you go through, there's, oh, there's another rusty sword there. And yeah. the bottom, oh, let's keep going. But it's just, it is brilliant the way it gives you just enough mm-hmm. to understand what's happening without giving you all of the answers straight away i uh also the idea of doing something in a silly way there's a, there's a little bit where some monsters have got a guy in a cage in like just around in the world mm. and what you're time you're probably supposed to just ultra hand and pick it up like and then you know he's out of the cage but i was like well if i can ultra hand it i can fuse it so i just made a cage sword and so <laughs> that's how he's out of it like just that made me laugh to do rather than do it the way that i'm probably supposed to you should have attached it to a rocket and just yeah. sent it flying into the sky mm-hmm. so I, and in terms of those what are they called the zonai devices yeah is what zonai they're, devices is that what they're called I'm only just beginning to get a few of those that are interesting. I still don't have the control stick. So if I make something, I've got no real control over where it goes. I think that's important Um, too, though. I think that like it deliberately not giving you all of the stuff that would make your life easier causes you to have to like laterally think. Mm. That's what's so fun. I've only just started exploring some of the the sky stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like, again, as I've been skyrocketing, I was like, oh. There's a place over there. I'll go and check that out. Yeah. And that's, that is one of the new things with Tears of the Kingdom. You're not just sort of exploring this remixed version of Hyrule. You're now dealing with what's above you in the skies and then what's in the depths of Hyrule, which is, you know, a somewhat like mirrored evil version of Hyrule that's sort of like tougher to navigate and has harsher enemies. Just, just, it's, it's amazing that this game was like, what, in development for six years and then it, it comes out in just such a lovely, polished state like i haven't encountered any bugs the game hasn't crashed at all or anything it worries me how polished it is actually because it feels like it should chug like yeah. if, it, if it was chug if it did chug i'd be more reassured <laughs> but th- that it doesn't i'm like i'm just bracing for a hard crash constantly i'm like it shouldn't be able to render all of this last like, thing is <laughs> like i i built um when sort of like they have a great plateau kind of alternative in this game in the first region you play through and there's just one part where you want to go from one little island to another and you might just use like two trees stuck together just to do it. I chopped down every tree near me and put like something that was like 30 trees long and the game was able to handle it. I was able to navigate this monstrous bridge around everywhere I wanted to and it kept it in the world and it's just like on a technical level so impressive considering the Switch is like really, not really old, but it's it's dated hardware. It's almost a generation old. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how much And it you wasn't can do exactly powerful in the first place. So. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, like, I'm seeing plenty of people saying that, like, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom looks like a PS2 game and stuff. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad thing because there are some PS2 games that still look better than some games released today, if I'm being honest. But it's I was just... talking to somebody last night about Ocarina of Time, and yeah. it was their first time playing it, and they were surprised by how good it still looks. Mm. Like, obviously, you know, it's. Mm. Uh, uh, not detailed by today's standards, but just the art direction will continue to win out like that. Just if it looks good based on its limited hardware, mm. it'll it'll probably yeah. keep looking good. And that's what's sort of lovely about Tears of the King because I only finished Ocarina of Time for the first time. I think early this year or late last year, and I'm playing through Majora's Mask now. And with Ocarina of Time, that was like you know it was more of a forgiven adventure. And stuff and being able to explore Hyrule in 3D fully was lovely. And then Majora's Mask, um, like that had more exciting boss battles and I think like more better combat compared to Ocarina. And then, you know, Tears of the Kingdom mm. sort of mixes everything I love from Ocarina and Majora's Mask and Breath of the Wild into just a new Zelda game that 
I would say is my favorite Zelda game to date, and I haven't even finished it yet, but there's still so much to do. Because you can go through the main quests, you can go from shrine to shrine, or the dungeons, or explore the sky, or go into the depths. There's just, there's so much game here. Like, I only recently found out that, like, oh, I can build a house now in Tears of the Kingdom. That's a little side quest you can just do and have your own little home yeah. base. And it's just, that's a small segment of what would be a larger part of another game, you know? That's the thing that I'm looking forward to because right now I'm like I just did the second temple. Yeah, it was pretty tough actually, and mm. so I felt like I need to do some more shrines. I need to level up, get some better gear. Yeah, because if I, I was taking one hit and dying, mm. it's just like oh, this is not much fun. And but then as I've been exploring, unlocking map, there was the there's bits that I remember from Breath of the Wild where I helped the villagers create a town over. Oh gosh, is that a Kala top right? I can't remember. Yeah. But there's like, oh, I need to go and check that out. And I haven't been to Kakariko Village or mm. Hatino Village or any of that stuff yet. And I really want to go and see all that. Yeah. But it's that's just, my and, for, and that's. That's my mission for tonight. Well, I really want to go to Hatino because I, I need the, um, <laughs> the lit glider. Like yeah. I've got the uh, the newspaper print glider and I really want it. So that, <laughs> and like that being driven to go to places on the map because you know that something cool is going to be there is like how you know you're in. Yeah. Right? yeah. But that's going back to your point is that. Although the topography of the map is the same, it feels like a dramatically different game at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to, compared to Breath of the Wild, um, and it, you know, and there are so many areas that I've not touched any of the Gerudo Desert. Um, I've not gone to Death Mountain or done anything like that. I still think I'm probably only about you know half of the map unlocked. And that's even with me trying to unlock force unlock it because I'm trying to get some stuff to cover <laughs> for work. Yeah. Goddamn barbarian armor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, like, we're all sort of playing, like, through work because, you know, we're creating different bits, you know, like, for the website or for wikis or for guides and stuff. We're not playing this in, in the most relaxed state because it's like, we want to do this, we want to solve this and no. stuff. It's not, it's not entirely optimal, but even then, even where it's like, okay, this is what I want to focus on today for work, you're still fi- I'm still finding the opportunity to be like, I didn't know I could do that in this game. And keeping it in the back of my head so that mm. when I go around to solving another problem similar to this, I can whip out this particular Zonai device that might help me. Or I know I can go here and check out this other cool thing that I just missed for a moment. Like, that's just, it's crazy the scale of this game. Something too about that, uh, like, d- discoverability of cool stuff is that it makes when you're not playing and you're just, like, browsing social media, like, it still makes you feel like you're engaging in it. Yeah. You'll, like, mm. the first time that I saw somebody fuse a ruby to a sword and then having it shoot fireballs, I was like, this is great. Like, there's anything, yeah. you can do anything in this. Like, that's that's um, the thing, like, even something small like that, because I hadn't, um, I don't really create like specific items that like help against heat or mm-hmm. like cold treatment and stuff like that. But I did fuse um, a little ruby with my sword and then it effectively acted as a torch so I can go to cold environments, wear mm-hmm. whatever outfit I want. But because my sword technically has a heat item on it, it kept a link mm. like warm enough just to combat mm-hmm. that area. And you couldn't do that in Breath of the Wild, but now you can. Like, there's so you many little. You could make it, but you could have a hot weapon. Yeah, like, yeah. That's how I got. But that's thing. It's just yeah. like it's a permanent thing I now have with me. I'm not. I'm never using it as a sword. I'm just using it as like, do I need to like light up this torch, or do I need to go through a cold environment? Do I want to melt some ice so I can get through here? It's just. Mm-hmm. It's a permanent little item that I've created myself that's just with me and has so many different uses. And I'm seeing new things on Twitter all the time. There was one guy who got a fan and then attached like a little ice thing on it and then is able to freeze water anywhere he goes now just because he fused the correct items and i feel like we're going to be discovering new and cool things in this game for for years i mean people still doing that with breath of the wild like the the potential is limitless for tears of the kingdom i know there was somebody shared a video and it was like um sort of a bit of wood on a stick but it had an ice thing and then you basically slap it on water to create a path of um, ice blocks and just, you know, otherwise I'd be like, I haven't got enough stamina to swim across there. <laughs> yeah. I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah. But I've got a big placard with mm. a nice thing and I'm going to slap the water and it works. In terms... The first time Sorry, I, I say, uh, what, uh, flew to um, Hyrule Castle, I just went to go see it. And you can do it with just two gliders. Yeah. You're just like on a glider and you're holding one with magic hand and then you switch to the other one before it runs out, you can get to Hyrule Castle without really messing around. Oh. It just made me feel amazing to do it. Mm. 
I'm not going to venture there for a long time. <laughs> it's worth, it's too worth scary. seeing. It's got a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> That's what's cool about it. Uh, so I was going to say, what is the best stuff that you've seen then in, with your 10, 20 hours of the game that you've seen personally, not what you've seen on social media? You should uh, attach some bees to, uh, like a, a little hive, you should attach that to a <laughs> weapon. I recommend that to everybody. <laughs> like, I think okay. it's just like weird, simple things. Like I, I just wanted to get some fish at some point. So I made just like a little wooden craft um, with just two other like wooden bits attached that, you know, circle around so that the boat can actually move. But then I attached um, little electrified like weapon points on each end. So when I got close to the fish, they instantly died and I could just scoop them up on my That's boat. Really <laughs> like it's just weird little things like that where, and I feel like previous Zelda games have always had some sort of like nice level of detail in them. Like in Ocarina of Time, if you, you know, swung Link's sword at like a little wooden post, depending on the direction, it would cut in that direction. Like small mm -hmm. little things like that that's always made sense throughout the series have been like magnified and multiplied in Tears of the Kingdom where like everything that people, all the things that people are creating just sort of like logically makes sense in the world. And it can apply to anything yeah. you're creating, like the little boat thing I made. Where why wouldn't I just be able to be able to make a boat and then attach little like electrified weapon points, and then it kills the fish? Like that makes sense, and you can do that, and you can just apply that logic yeah. to near enough anything. But most of the time, it's only until you see it online where it's like, ah, oh, right, I can do that because of course it makes sense. Yeah, I do like. So I haven't played it with. Ed at the minute mm. and I do think that he might be a bit like this is too much because I think Breath of the Wild was because his brain doesn't know how the real world works he doesn't yeah. know that if you put electricity in water that it's going to zap things yeah or you know the the physics of how you stick something together but that mm. to me like one of my favorite things is the shrines which definitely feel like a step up yeah because like so to the the one that just stands out and I was doing it about an hour ago is it's essentially you've got to make a roller coaster. Um, and I don't know if you guys have done this one yet, but there's a track that sort of goes down to another bit and it's a really long way away and it's a metal plate yeah. on metal rails, but obviously it slides off. So you've got to figure out a way of keeping it on there. And then, so I did the first bit and it was a bit shaky. Like, And you can't cling to it, by the way. So if it tips up, you can't hold on to it. So <laughs> you've got to keep it flat as it goes around. And then the next bit, it goes up and it jumps and goes around. And you're like, holy shit. And the satisfaction from like figuring it out and doing that, it's, it's like a proper physics challenge. Yeah, yeah. But when you do it, it's like, uh, this is amazing. It was a really similar one where it's almost as if you have to make the thing change tracks so I just made one really long uh, platform and then put like uh, spokes down under it so that it would just stay still between the tracks, regardless of whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. And it just it just makes you feel smart. And all you're doing is doing the yeah. thing that they probably wanted you to with the tools that they gave you. Well, exactly. And you figured it out. There was, um, it's all you. Yeah. There was one shrine I did a couple hours ago, and it's just one sort of large room with a wheel continuously turning in the middle and there's a bunch of balls at the bottom and you need to sort of like get one of them to the top of the room to unlock the door so you can, you know, get whatever um, is at the end of it. And in my head, I was like, okay, the wheel is constantly turning and there's a few wooden planks at the bottom. So I made this really over-engineered way to try and scoop as many balls as I could as the wheel turned so that it would go back round and drop the balls to where I needed them to go. And I did this for about... 25 minutes trying to figure out this particular device. I even looked on Google like different mechanisms of like, I don't know, like conveyor belts and different <laughs> scoop so things and using shit. Using actual yeah, real life like, research. <laughs> it's, all, it's all logically makes sense. But then I ended up being like, oh, none of this is working. I can't quite get it right. So I just made a very, very long bridge attached to the ball to the one end of it and just moved the bridge over to where the ball needs to go completely circumventing the wheel that's turning and Great. any creativity yeah. I put into yeah, that. Yeah. Cause like oh, man. some points you can just be like, this is a game and you can just like <laughs> throw whatever object you need to. But the fact that I spent so much time and like actually looking at conveyor belts in real life to be like, how could this actually work? And then all it ended up being was, 
I could just, just do a long stick. Yeah, just do a, do a long <laughs> stick. And that's the thing, like, you can solve a lot of the puzzles with just the most basic gamey shit, or you can just over-engineer yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever had Equally, that in a yeah. game before. I'd like to know how the proper way of solving that shrine is to see mm. if there is an intricate build or whether it's like, no, that's, you know, we've actually, you, you know, well, fobbed you off there. This is, you just build a big long stick. I only, only realized, well, thinking about it now, because you could attach the wooden like platforms to the wheel. So thinking about it now, I could have just attached the ball to the wheel and have it just go around and then it would have solved my problem. Hmm. Instead of even creating the long sticks and attaching the ball to the end of it, I could have just attached no. the ball to the wheel. Thinking but about it now, the ball it is clever in that respect. <laughs> but that's the thing: it's like it's those little silly things where sometimes the most obvious answer isn't the most obvious thing, and you try and engineer something and try and create something, and it just doesn't work. And that's part of the fun as well, at least for me. Yeah, I think when you see a stack of wood and fans and this, that, and the other, you're like, well, I've obviously got to use them all. <laughs> and quite often you don't. And, mm-hmm. But, and, you know, I've done that. It's like, oh, there's one bit left. It's like an Ikea flat pack. <laughs> it's like, damn it, what's, what have I missed? <laughs> and then, oh, I don't need it, it's fine. But in real world, that bed falls down. But in Zelda, <laughs> it works perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Link should have um, an other stuff ability. I really liked. Well, exactly. Um, the first time you shoot from a Skyview Tower, like, I was curious to know what they would do because, you know, when Breath of the Wild came out, towers in games were, were on the way out, really. Prevalent. Well. Yeah. And, and I was just like, what are they going to do? And they've, they've just made it wonderful again. The, the mm-hmm. feeling of skyrocketing into the air and then gliding down. Just love it. Absolutely love it. And, and even the difference between, you know, feeling like you're on ground. I I went through I don't know one particular area that just kept on raining. Oh my god, that still frustrates the <laughs> shit out of me. Yeah. When you want to go up a hill, it's like please <laughs> but stop it raining. It causes you to have to think about another solution, which is so cool too. So it's not like that. There's one way to do it. You also have to like challenge the way that you would normally mm. think about it and try and come up with I another know. solution. I know. Which is yeah. Uh, but I, I also eventually well. got to the, the the tower and then went straight up through the clouds. And into the sunlight. Mm-hmm. And then you glide back down and then you're back through the clouds again. It's just like, oh my God, how are it's you doing this on a Switch? so funny to me that one of the lookout towers is one you have to climb and it almost becomes novel because the rest of them aren't. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the only oh, one. I didn't know that. I've not yeah, found yeah. that one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and then my only other thing that I've got down for the fav- favorite things that I've seen so far are, are the bosses. Now, I've only seen two. Mm. But they are very different from each other. And I'm assuming, Jesse, you've seen the same too. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to talk in any more detail, but I just love how, like, one of them felt a little bit sort of Shadow of the Colossus's eye. Colossi? Colossus, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Felt Colossuses. a bit like that. And then the other one, <laughs> exactly. The other one, I was just like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um, but both in a, in a good way. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that's anything what, else in terms of stuff you've seen. Oh god, I mean, there's just there's there's so much. Like, I my favorite thing about Breath of the Wild was being able to climb anything, and one of the biggest problems, like you mentioned, was the rain because it was getting in the way of something I've always wanted in a lot of adventure games. Just being able to climb anything, and you can do that in Breath of the Wild, but when it rains, yeah. you're fucked. But like like you said, Matt, it makes you think about how can I actually get past this. So now I've sort of engineered a little rocket device that if it ever is raining or I'm getting stuck, just plant a little rocket pad down below, hit it, and then I shoot into the sky and it solves exactly what I want. But also there's other cool things as well. I sort of, um, cause when uh, it's like thundering down and stuff, if you have any like metal weapons on you, you're likely to get zapped hmm. in game. And I was caught out in a bad moment where I wasn't really near any towers or any other specific points where I could just fast travel to somewhere cause I was aiming for a specific place. So I chopped down some trees, used Ultra Hand to put them together. And I made like just a little, like a little hut that shielded me from the rain and, you know, getting Link destroyed by thunder and stuff. And it's just a little thing like that where it almost reminds me of playing, I don't know, like Sons of the Forest, where it's like, we need to make camp. But I can do that in Tears of the Kingdom as well. And then you can save that device. So if I'm ever caught out again, I can just 
auto build it and then boom i'm safe and it's just small little things like that like i'm not here creating you know mega mechs with lasers and bombs on them and like fucking you know you'll get there yeah like at some point i <laughs> will, will be yeah. but it's just it's the small You've things got dragons to fight you'll exactly <laughs> all the help you can get but i think i think it's just appreciating the small things that just seeing how the game's logic compares to real life and just melding the two together is what makes this game so special for me at least yeah I love discovering stuff, and I also love potentially maybe never knowing how to kill the hands, the like the hand puddles. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. they are terrifying. Oh yeah, when they first appeared, that fucked me up. Yeah, Ugh. and I yeah. like I like the idea that I just might never kill them. Like they <laughs> might just be a, a, a struggle for me for the entire rest of the game. For anyone who I'm, I does, just run away. Yeah, yeah. But I think, that's the that's the trick. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what Matt's talking about, um, they're it's a collection of like eight long ass creepy dark hands that just shoot out of the ground and then chase you and they've got eyeballs in the middle of their palms. And, and they, they don't just, just hurt you, they yeah. reduce your amount of health. Yeah, and which is the ugh, creepiest yeah. music starts playing and they look so dynamic and mm. alive when they're chasing you. It literally happened just, you know, 15 minutes before, or rather 15 minutes before the podcast, there was a few chasing me. And then I used that rocket pad and I was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Because I couldn't think of any other better way than to like team rocket yeah. myself out of the situation. <laughs> just leave. Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say as well. Like, uh, it almost has uh, justified expanding your pool of shields now as well. Mm. Like, I never did it in the previous game because I was like, oh, I've just got the shields that I've got. But having extra shields to hand that you can fuse stuff on so you have more abilities. Yeah. Like always having a rocket shield available or always mm. having one that's got a flame emitter on, like actually makes that useful. So you're just expanding your like pool of verbs that you can pull from. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I need to go and visit Hestu. I've I've done him once mm -hmm. and I've expanded a couple of things, but uh, uh I've not seen him since. I think I know where he is. Yeah. Um He's, he's somewhere I've obvious. You'll back. find him. <laughs> oh, oh, so oh, yeah. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Hestu, um, something really funny has been happening because uh, my partner's been playing it as well. So we'll often be in the same room. Uh, and when I've been on the TV, uh, when I see it, when I finish doing a Korok mission, I'll just say, Yahaha! And then it will say, Yahaha! And then my partner behind me will then shout, Yahaha! I have well. been doing that myself, to be fair. And my yeah. partner's been getting annoyed. It's all been ingrained in my head, really. That little bastard sound. And that's oh, the thing, that's man. great. Those Korok seeds are <laughs> fucking everywhere mm. as well. Like, I can't get everywhere. over the size of this game. And I'm mm. just worried for like when the next Elder Scrolls comes out. But then even, even that, I feel like I mean, I'm telling myself in my head, is it going to be as, I don't know, creatively open in terms of what I can do in the game compared to Tears of the Kingdom. Like, Tears of the Kingdom is now my benchmark. It really has me worried for what developers are going to have to do now. They're like, how do we make anything now with the limited amount of time that we have before launch anything close to yeah. as dynamic and interesting yeah. as this? Ugh, like how, terrifying I concept. I think it's going to be... Like, obviously, it's going to set the benchmark for in terms of creativity, but also open-world games. It'd be interesting to see how... Rockstar follows up the GTA 6 mm. because, you know, Man. for such a long time, 5 was a benchmark. But a lot's happened since then. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do. And obviously, I it's not going to be the same as the kind of stuff you can do in this game. Yeah, we're not going to have like Ultra <laughs> Hand in GTA you know, 6. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Fusion <laughs> mechanics. Awesome. <laughs> a gun on a gun. That gun that shoots done. guns. Oh. Um, so Matt, like obviously, you spend most of your day just looking at uh, TikTok. I do. I think yeah. that's what your job that's, is. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Lovely. What's what is the kind of best stuff that you've seen on, like, like, on social media and stuff that people have done? I'm a little bit addicted to all of the like Korok crucifying memes. Yeah. Like people just <laughs> creating contraptions to put Koroks into and uh, like you know like put, setting them on fire and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just great. It's just mean. <laughs> it's really mean, but, but like they don't you know take any damage. So the the meme is that they all like it. Like they're, they're I have seen a good time. like just. Korok Big barbecue barbecued. spits yeah. and stuff like that. People attaching <laughs> Koroks to fucking rockets <laughs> and them just zoom, like zooming yeah. on by. It is good. Yeah, they like it. Keep doing I, it. I, 
I helped them to to begin with, but you know the lazy ones that are just there going, I can't find my friend. It's like fuck off, you little shit. You shouldn't have packed so much in your your backpack. What do you need a backpack for, little tree man? That's true. But I've seen a a few sort of yeah, like like bombers that sort of fly over the top, just raining death from above. Mm. There was this like I can't remember what the three-headed dragon is called, but I saw that being decimated by mm-hmm. like this orbital laser thing. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god, I can only dream of doing something. Like, I don't. Yeah. My brain can't even figure out how to build something. Yeah. I'm gonna get like there that. soon. And that, and that's the thing, like the way we've been describing this game, it doesn't sound like a Zelda game. Like the what you're able to yeah. do in this game and everything you can create, like it doesn't. It's not something I can easily associate with Zelda, but I think it's forever imprinted itself as a Zelda thing now like I'm trying to imagine what the next Tears of the Kingdom is going to be what the next The Legend of Zelda title is going to be because a lot of people aren't particularly a fan of Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom they wanted that more sort of linear-ish Ocarina or Majora's Mask or Twilight Princess experience and I'm just thinking like is this what Zelda is always going to be now or they do like a cutesy top down one at some point and then come back to this a little bit of news that came out this week that said that this is the standard like this is the 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 thing that they're probably going to draw from for a Mm. little while which I don't necessarily uh, think that means that it's going to be this type of open world but I think the creativity might be what they uh, want to draw from something that I I do want to ask you though is whether or not because I, I do think that this is an improvement over Breath of the Wild, but I think that it really needs Breath of the Wild to have existed in order to kind of prime people for this. Like, mm. I think it's very yeah. heavily a departure from what you would consider to be a Zelda. And I wonder if we didn't have Breath of the Wild first, wh- whether or not this would be received well. I wonder if that's a, a question. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Like Breath of the Wild was, I think even Tom Marks described it as a first draft. Yeah. And then with Tears of the Kingdom being that, I think there are so many systems that after you play Breath of the Wild, you understand how the world works. And it has got a lot more in common with, you know, the normal world. But the layers that Tears of the Kingdom throws on top, I think if you went straight into that, you'd just be like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, you know, the fact that I even had that after spending hundreds of hours of Breath of the Wild, I was just like, oh my God. And, and I think that's because I was just playing it like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Whereas you have to play it slightly differently. Um, but I think, yeah, if this came first, I think it would have been too radical a departure <laughs> and, unless you sink 20 hours in to understand how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think so. Mm. The precedent that I have for this is that um, a game called Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts came out for the Xbox 360. You are um, really trying to flog this, aren't you? And it, it is <laughs> this game in a lot of ways. It is a like vehicle customization thing with okay. missions. So it's yeah. one part of this game. Mm-hmm. But it will set you missions that will say you need to make a vehicle that will allow you to you know, get to the finish line or you know, cart right. these items from one place to another. And you've only got like this limited amount of materials and this limited amount of time. Uh, and it's a really interesting game, but it wasn't received well at the time because mm. it wasn't very Banjo Kazooie. And so I've been no. like playing this, thinking like, "Oh, they're vindicated now." Rare were right the whole time, you know. This good game <laughs> that no one appreciated has finally like, got its dues. I I remember when that game came out, and I remember watching like tons of videos on YouTube of just different creations. I thought that was the most impressive thing, but then since I just don't give a shit about Banjo-Kazooie at all, in just terms of, like, as an actual game, just Mm -hmm. wasn't interested in playing it. Like, I liked watching the creative stuff. I didn't care for whatever the actual game was. And I've always enjoyed those more... Because you you can play... There's there's tons of games, at least on Steam right now, that sort of offer similar creative experiences where you can get really in-depth and technical creating some kind of vehicle or getting really in-depth in particular systems that the game has to offer. But Breath of the Wild has so much, or Tears of the Kingdom rather, has so much to offer, but it's it's not particularly difficult. You can create a car if you want to within just a couple of minutes. You don't have to get all the little like nuts and bolts to actually be able to create it. You can just yeah. do it. But I don't think I would enjoy it as much if I was playing some other kind of game where it was way more technical like the freedom that Tears of the Kingdom offers is much more refreshing than being like, here's a million different parts. You can create anything you want, 
but it's going to take you like six hours. Like that, I'm not yeah. too interested in. Yeah. So are you going to mainline the game to get to Ganondorf at the earliest point or are you going to savor what it has to offer? Or are you going to finish it and then come back and savor it? Mm. I'm going to go to Hatano tonight and then probably Goron Village. And then Friday night in Hatano Village exactly. is the place yeah. to be. <laughs> yep. I'm actually going to a gig, so I'm missing out on more Zelda time. I'm actually annoyed that I'm going to go have a different kind of fun. So is that your preferred village? Because I'm Kakariko, baby, all the way. <laughs> I'm Kakariko, born and bred. Uh, no, because I want the glider. I want the mm. newspaper glider. Right. Also think I'd have like postcode wars and Tears of the mm. Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, like every time I used to go through Kakariko Village, I was like, if this was real, this yeah. is where I would like to live. <laughs> totally. I like it. It's got a nice yeah. vibe. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'm, I'm in a rush to finish the game. Like if it was any other game... I usually finish it within like the second night of having it. Like I feel like I play games at a normal pace, but really I think I might play them too fast. And Dale always mentions that. Um, <laughs> but at least with tears, of, like at least with tears, I'm I'm taking my time. I'm following every single potential side mission. Or if one character says, "Oh, I heard these like these group of guys are stuck in this cave somewhere. Like I don't know where it is, but it's in this general direction." With any other game, I'd be like, I don't fucking care. But with Tears of the Kingdom, I like, I'm going to get my little rocket car. Let's go to that and, cave. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm excited to <laughs> yeah. see whatever the hell this cave is. And I don't think many other yeah. games do that. Because, you know, I'll jump on the latest Assassin's Creed or whatever, Far Cry and whatnot. And I'll just be like, I don't care. I don't care. And I'm not saying the story is particularly, like, mind-blowing or engaging in Tears of the Kingdom. It's probably the best it's ever been for a Zelda game. But it's not a God of War where it's going to, you know, fucking grab you by the neck and be like, you want to watch every little bit of it. But at least with the story and all the side stuff, it is more engaging, I think, this time around, just because of the gameplay mechanics surrounding them. The thing I love about it is, like, when you look at the map... There's not that much on it. Yeah. But when you look at the world, that's when you see stuff of interest. And mm. I think that's the difference with Assassin's Creed. You're you're chasing map uh, markers. Yeah. Whereas you're not here. You're just going, that looks different. What's that? <laughs> and then you normally go over there and it's something that you wouldn't expect, which, yeah. you know, I love about it. Anyway, we've waffled on about uh, Tears of the Kingdom now for 40 minutes or so. Um, Matt, you've got one other thing that you wanted to talk about in the podcast. I do. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's feedback. Yeah, I went and saw the new Fast movie. Uh, I should do a little disclaimer at the beginning of this. Uh, they did fly me out to Rome and put me up in a hotel. So mm. if that matters to you, if that if you're unable to appreciate that my opinion wouldn't be biased by that, uh, well, you're tune like, out immediately. I'm not going to watch it at my local cinema. I have <laughs> yeah. to see it. I have to go in Rome. Rome. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> specifically, like that's my rider for this. If you want to get on the IGN UK <laughs> podcast, I've got to be eating carbonara every night. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so I why actually, were you in Rome? Uh, we wanted to do the red. Wanted to, sorry, we were doing the red carpet, um, and uh, I didn't get to meet Vin Diesel, unfortunately. That would have been a career oh, highlight. Yeah, I did get to meet Jason Statham. I took a photo with him. I look terrible in it, so that will never see the light of day. Um, the movie is. I'm, I'm actually displeased to tell you. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it would it would make my what? life a lot easier if I didn't like it because now it looks like oh yeah, they took you to Rome, so you'd like the movie. But no, I genuinely think it's a lot of fun i feel like the fast films are pretty easy to enjoy they just look so mm-hmm. fucking stupid and shit and dumb and it's it like, is <laughs> yeah, yeah but totally. that's what i want from it yeah completely accurate well, so clint who is one of our one of the people i work with in the u.s he said this is the first fast movie where because normally you're there for the set pieces and this is the first one that doesn't really have anything that's that good there is and, a and so pretty it doesn't good, deliver. There's a pretty good and inventive scene in Rome where there's like a bomb that they're that it's like they're trying to defuse. Uh, and it is a good action set piece. It's mm. almost like a uh, flip of the uh, the vault scene from Fast Five. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like an inversion of that. Like rather than pulling the vault along, they're chasing after the bomb. Uh, and I think that it's actually like really interesting. I do think it's a good action set piece, it's and just... it doesn't really have anything else as interesting as that for the rest of the movie. Mm. But what it does have is Jason Momoa like <laughs> eating the scenery. Yeah, he is essentially playing the Joker in this movie. Yeah, that um, and genuinely worth the price of admission just to his performance alone. Mm. Um, okay, everything else kind of works. There's a good. Uh, there's a you know, it's one of those like a couple good scenes and no bad ones. Like it's yeah. <laughs> Re- genuinely enjoy it more so than the review on the on the site which it's interesting well, I was gonna say, yeah. this, this is an IGN 5 mm-hmm. yeah. what is it for a Matt Jones it's still a 5 but it's really fun <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's just interesting how much right. you like that Rome set piece I wonder yeah, what's the connection true. there Matt absolutely yeah it's also not my first time in Rome either so no. like the, 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 there's a little bit of patina on there I've you know I've experienced it it's not fresh fair enough mm-hmm have you ever been to Rome, Jesse? No, I haven't. But, you know, given the action set piece that Matt was describing, I might have to go just to see where they filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> Hire a big car and yeah. just start doing donuts around the Colosseum <laughs> or something like that. Sounds good to me. That's uh, pretty much what I've... happens in the movie. So you're... <laughs> well, yeah. of, co- of course it does. What if a that sounds fun, you're on board. Um, oh, wait. Also, I just while we've got a little bit, I think we've got a couple seconds. Uh, I weirdly yeah. was in a cab with like some guy. He seemed pretty cool. Vin Diesel. Um, no, the, <laughs> the story like hinges on me not telling you who it is until the very end. Um, and so I'm in the, uh, the back of the cab with this guy and we're on our way to the red carpet. Uh, and uh, he doesn't uh, speak English at all. He's just mm. speaking Italian, uh, but quite like boisterous and and loud and like, engaging, and everybody like clearly paying a lot of attention to him. But I'm like, ah, cool. Just seems like a nice guy. Yeah. We get out of the cab, and then everybody that uh, is collected around the Colosseum complete like mobs him immediately. And I only then put together that he's the TikTok guy that has a hundred million subscribers. Uh, that doesn't say a word normally. Um, And, like, 
he is probably a bigger celebrity than anybody that was on the red carpet, and I can't believe they just like let him out <laughs> into the world. Yeah. So you got right. to see the real guy beyond yeah, exactly. the gimmick, behind the scenes. Yep. You could it's have fucked so, up his whole career I, by recording that. I mean, like, absolutely. I've heard him. <laughs> yep, it's such a weird experience. <laughs> I don't know who this person is. Why does he not talk? Uh, his gimmick is that he does life hacks, like all of the awful life hacks that you see as somebody like yeah. making something that like mm. will make your life easier. But he just does an easier thing than the life hack and then just kind of shrugs and people like watching right. him do that. Oh, I feel yeah, like I know guy. exactly what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, which is fucked up. That's mad. Yeah. It was so weird seeing people like yeah. pointing at him going like, ah, oh, TikTok. <laughs> All those life hacks wow. are like the shittest version of using mm-hmm. Fuse in real life. It's great. Love it. That is true. I, I've, I've become addicted to watching just awful craft videos where it's just like, make a guitar out of a shovel. So, <laughs> all right, then I will. Why? And then, anyway, well, you could do that right, in uh, Zelda, um, probably. Mm. Well, you bet you could, but it would be fun in Zelda, whereas it's not watching it in, in social oh, media. I hadn't thought it would be like it doesn't make any sense that there's, there's no like musical instruments that you could fuse to the top of a guitar and then it plays music as you hit people. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I bet it's got to be somewhere. Ooh. One day, one day Put it in DLC. Exactly. I, well, it, it, it's one of those things that I bet you, yeah, in two years' time, people will be making cars that play the theme from Zelda as they go along by doing something. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, we've got some feedback now. Um, obviously, if you're listening and you want to write in and tell us about your experiences of Zelda, then you can. It's IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, Matt, you have the first piece of feedback, and it is and about Zelda. I would love to read it out for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is from Andreas. He says, I loved Zelda on the GameCube, The Wind Waker, which is my favorite as well. Let's mm. not get into that. We don't have enough time. Uh, <laughs> and enjoyed the iterations on the 3DS, but boy, those Switch games just leave me in frustration. Of course, I come from loving to play Uncharted, Last of Us, God of War, and Horizon. And I'm old, which means slower reaction time and way less time to learn. So... How do the Switch iterations of Zelda welcome me? With arrogance and neglect. <laughs> Weapons break left, right, and center, leaving me with branches to fight enemies. However, I do think that's improved in uh, this isn't part of the email, that you can fuse monster parts to branches. So branches actually become really useful now, which is such yep. a good uh, addition. Uh, and so I anyway. think I use branches literally for the first two minutes of the game, and that's mm-hmm. it on yeah. Sky Island. Just is that making monster part weapons. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, uh, sorry, Andreas also says, uh, the control scheme uh, is massively botched, <laughs> leading me to throw axes into chasms instead of anything else I wanted to do, bringing up special abilities all the time while walking. I will say I do that quite a lot as well. I've been throwing weapons mm. when I actually mean to use uh, the hand. Um, poor menu design, eating fruit instead of holding it. Weapon select, healing select. It's true. That's very true too. Uh, voices. Really? I've not had any of these issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was surprised how annoyed Dale was getting with the controls and stuff, because I was like, maybe it's just because, you know, I'm better, but I haven't had any <laughs> issues playing the game. It, uh, it's, no. I do think it's cool, but it does kind of annoy me that if you want Zonai devices, you've got to put the charges like you would cook food. Mm. Like, there isn't just a button that is, like, put in five charges. Yeah. That but whatever, it's quality of life for, you know, a tiny thing that, yeah. in this game. Uh, and then the, the Andreas also says, the voices are annoying. Zelda is a whiny girl instead of a strong princess. Never thought that Aloy talks too much. Constant oohs and ahs of villagers required me to explain to my wife that I'm playing a kid's game and not watching an interactive <laughs> porn movie. <laughs> uh, right. I, I was doing it. something the other day and... And Link started humming the Zelda theme as he was doing it, which I thought was a really nice Very touch. Very cute. I, the musicians that you have to do for the Fairy Fountains as well will be playing, like, Saria's yes. song and stuff like that as well, which is really nice. Yeah. It's just such a cute thing. But Andreas caps off by saying, worst of all, there's no accessibility options. There's no button remapping, uh, but you can you can switch the jumping button. And if you're not a great player, there's only one difficulty option. No easier opponents, no more time in riddles, no more resources. How about a story mode, Nintendo? I do think that this is like, mm. that last one is a pretty decent idea, but I do also think that most of the difficulty is resolved by just kind of going off in a di- different direction and coming back with more tools. Like I think that's almost deliberately part of it, but I don't know. Some people do well, benefit I, I, from I an agree easier mode. For the most part, apart from the forced 
boss fights, for example, is yeah. like, you know, you could struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's very true. So, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, and also says, granted, hard of hearing, not an issue here, but no effort whatsoever for differently able people. All of this keeps me thoroughly enjoy- keeps me from thoroughly enjoying this game because I know other developers care more about my experience. Solutions out there, Nintendo, uh, which... Uh, sorry, it, the solution is out there if Nintendo just cared, which apparently it doesn't, or is caught in its granted very wide niche. Don't get me wrong, it's a good game, but it's coming from a very arrogant developer team stuck in the last century. Mm. I do wonder, like, because obviously if you look at Xbox and Sony, they do a lot on the yeah. accessibility controllers, front, both absolutely. controllers yeah. and in-game options and, and stuff like that. But Nintendo do not. Nintendo. And I wonder if that is a... Well, exactly. Is that a cultural thing? And, you know, tends to be because it's developed in Japan? I have no idea, but I'd be interested to know. There's a strange mm. thing about one of the Pokemon games where an ability to, uh, I think, subtitles for dialogue is uh, locked behind. You have to to get a pair of headphones from somebody, or it might be that, like, audio dialogue or something that you can't turn off or... I know. I, I think. I think. Up, I, I think. Yeah. I remember seeing that that you had to get yeah. something specific to like adjust the sound that was in it. the game yeah. or something ridiculous. But even even so, like any game lock in any kind of accessibility accessibility or any kind of normal options is yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Is crazy, no doubt. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, thank you, Andres, and one more piece of feedback for you, Jesse. Oh yeah, this is from Andy in Norwich. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time right, and all that. Well, he says bollocks, but it was written as balax, which sounds like, like an enemy in Zelda. Um, <laughs> it's it does, a, yes. I thought the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on to say, I've been listening through all the podcasts that are available on Spotify one by one. Awesome podcast. I'm currently on episode 610, so catching up slowly. And as you might be able to tell, I like starting things from the start and working through no matter how long they are. My question, I've always been a PlayStation child. There's a lot of game series I haven't played. What series of games would you recommend playing through from the start? I have all PlayStation consoles, so any generation start is possible. Look forward to hearing your answers when I catch up to the current episode. And Jesus Christ, respect the sea. I mean, you're probably going to be waiting a while unless you're listening to an episode per day, then you might be fine. Um... I think even then, that's about three months away. <laughs> I think we've done something similar to this in a in an episode previously. You might actually get that episode before you listen to this one. Uh, I feel like we said Yakuza was one of them. I think that was my one. I like. I think they're all pretty good. So I, the problem is, if he's been a PlayStation child, all the the franchises or series that I've got, he's probably played mm. Metal Gear. If you've not played that, you really should because it's very good. Yeah. We gotta go get God a, of War. Uh, now, a ZX Spectrum to play all the Metal Gears. <laughs> exactly. Like the um, God of War, not the the new ones, but I really love the original God of Wars, like one and two especially. Yeah, were brilliant games. So if you've not played those on PS2, I think that was, mm-hmm. then you absolutely should. Very different experience from the sort of the newer God of Wars. Not so much story, but lots of smashing faces in and stuff like that um and then infamous and resident evil my other ones do you know mm. anything about resident evil jesse it's good you should play it yeah you check it out i think you'd like it <laughs> cheers guys i've never heard of it before to be fair i've never played infamous but mainly just because they never re-released them which is insane it's like uh, wasn't there infamous one and two yeah. on the ps3 and apparently mm-hmm. those are fantastic games just can't really play them because i'm not yeah. bothered to buy a ps3 copy um I would say absolutely Metal Gear, um, 100%. You know, you, you, honestly, you don't have to... I know he said that he likes to start from the beginning. You do not have to play Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2. You can start on Metal Gear Solid 1 and have a perfectly lovely time on the PS1. <laughs> you don't need to start from right at the beginning. Um, I feel like they haven't really had a new one in ages. The Sly Cooper series, always always loved those as a kid. Same for Ratchet and Clank, yeah. sort of similar vibe as well. Um, I can't really think of anything PlayStation specific other than those. I like nice, chill, kind of platformery things, and I feel like Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper are those. I'll give it a yeah, shout out just because I've been. Uh, yeah, that's probably worth it. All the crashes and mm. whatnot. 
Um, I'll give it a shout out because I've been playing it this week, uh, or sorry, this year, as soon as it came out. Uh, the Advance Wars, like all of those, really good. Play those from the start. They get gradually better every time, too. Advance Wars? Yeah. On the PlayStation? Are you mad? Let's talk about PlayStation. <laughs> because the, the question actually says, I have always been a PlayStation child. What so if he still is a PlayStation child? But, so the suggestion on but that it, one is that it can be any series, but PlayStations are the wow, ones he, that they probably he does have covered. Very, he says, recommending play from the start, I have all PlayStation mm. consoles, so any generation start is possible. Well, my I answer is still Nintendo. give a Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Switch sides. Advance Wars. Is a very yeah. good game, and is so true. is Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, Jesse. Uh, as always, you can get in touch at IGNUK underscore feedback at IGN.com. Uh, until then, enjoy playing Tears of the Kingdom, and yes. we will speak to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them, like me, and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode, I make Nat read one of my favorite comics, like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer. And then he tells me what makes that comic so special. And then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now. With new episodes every two weeks. Wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season. Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know. What does that even mean? I don't know. It sounds profound, though. Right?